Hello, podcast listeners. Greetings and welcome to another episode of My Shot of Life with your co-host Stephen and Victor. We're joined today by a good friend and a fan of the show, Matthew. How's it going, Matthew? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, thanks for coming by. And uh, the subject that we have today is actually brought to us from Matthew, so we really appreciate you bringing your suggestion on. Sure do. Welcome to the show. So today's episode, we'll be discussing whether or not it's okay to enjoy art. Art, including entertainment, music, media, media, anything, from people who might otherwise be immoral, or people who are featured in the art and entertainment. Today, we'll be sipping on McAfee's Benchmark Old Number 8 brand Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Man, I can't say that fast enough. So, guys... Cheers. Cheers. Let's get this started. Any initial thoughts? Surprisingly decent. Pretty smooth. Yeah, surprisingly. Oh, what was it, $8 you said? I believe it was eight ninety nine. <laughs> Did you get this at Costco? <laughs> Available at your local ABC store or liquor store, depending on wherever you live. So, following up our segment today, we'll be talking toilet talk. Everyone's favorite subject. Everyone's been talking about it. And then we'll be talking about the art of washing hands in the bathroom, and that is, do you actually wash your hands after you use the bathroom? All the time, sometimes, hopefully all the time. Matthew, I'll let you get started on the topic since it was your subject that you brought in. What are you, what are you thinking about the whole, the whole Me Too movement and how this relates to your, your subject? Uh, well, really, uh, so what uh, kind of spurred this idea in my head was just, uh, so I'm a big uh, Quentin Tarantino fan, and uh, all of his movies are great in my opinion, especially like classics like Pulp Fiction and uh, so Kill Bill. And so with Kill Bill, there's been a lot of um, a lot of issues between Tarantino and Uma Thurman that I believe they have recently worked out uh I think he provided her with the videotape to, uh, to publish yeah, yeah. on so, the, uh, in just the article. The background, um, so there's a scene in Kill Bill, I can't remember if it's volume one or volume two, I believe it's volume one, where Uma Thurman's driving uh, in a car, and I believe it's supposed to crash. I can't recall. Uh, it's been a while since mm-hmm. I've seen the movie. But, um, so the car that they had was actually altered a bunch. It was like this old beat-up car, and they had it altered, and they got a new transmission for it, stuff like that. And during filming, it actually broke down. And beforehand, Emma Thurman was like really scared to get into the vehicle. She right. wanted a stunt double, and Tarantino insisted that she drive the car. So afterwards, Thurman got really injured, um, had to go to the hospital. And so, uh, and again, Tar- and Tarantino actually said, I think the other week, that this is one of his biggest regrets of his professional c- career. And so that is kind of caused me to kind of reevaluate where I stand on Tarantino and his movies, um, especially because a lot of his movies were produced by the Weinstein Company. And then we know that the wine, the uh, Harvey Weinstein situation yeah. right now. So it's just uh, that's kind of what has got me to think about it. And uh, I mean, I'm a being at a liberal university. I it's pretty easy for things to get 
outraged <laughs> yeah people get mad very easily and so i imagine so yeah. do you think that's because there's a lot a lot less for them to worry about in their own lives um you know what i mean like so when you're when you're at a a liberal arts college it tends to be a more expensive college someone usually might be paying for you to go to this college you understand what i'm saying uh so I mean, I think I mean I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, so uh, I'm at UNC, and being in the research triangle, especially near uh, places like Carborough, and being in Chapel Hill, there's a lot of just there's a lot of liberal personalities among yeah. the staff as as well as students. So it's almost like, I mean, I I identify as somewhat uh, definitely left of center, but on most issues, sure, people do just. I think it's all about people kind of get wrapped up in their bubble of influence i mean i think you see that with people on the far right as well as people on the oh absolutely far left and so yeah not to go too off topic but yeah i think i think it's it's more of just it's maybe less to do with having less to worry about and more to do with just the perpetuation of ideas that and you oh, don't yeah. really and you don't really have anyone there's to not say. many free th- thinkers it's just kind of like uh well it's not it's uh again i don't want to yeah, like yeah. Kind of trash people, or, but it's, we don't have to go down that route. Yeah. It was just more of me asking. Yeah, I think it's just more like you question, you but. keep asking. You're having these thoughts, and then all you, all everyone around you is kind of share, or most people around you are sharing similar thoughts, and so it's just going to continue to build. It makes it very hard to hear dissenting opinions. So, so linking this back to our topic today, you're a big fan of Quentin Tarantino's work. Um, as am I. I love. I, I've seen. I would say most of his films, with the exception of I haven't finished Jackie Brown or. Yeah, it's uh, seen that there's one. one other movie I, I think of his I have not seen, but we're worried about if if he's done that in his life, does that make him a bad person? But then again, you also said he had some sort of relationship, or at least it, it sounds like via some of the articles that you've read, he has a relationship with the, the Weinstein's, or at least Harvey Weinstein. So. Is he a victim of of having a a relationship with someone who has a a bad background now that this has come out, and so does that influence you in any way to not want to watch any of the movies that he has anymore? So I definitely um, so his handling of the situation with Weinstein and Uma Thurman uh, was not ideal, and I I'm just gonna say it. I mean I love I love the films. It's gonna be it would be really difficult for me to not watch them but it does kind of it does make me reevaluate them in a sense i will be less i'll be more skeptical of the of tarantino films now that i know the relationship i mean the the issue for me is i don't despite kind of exogenous influences of the weinstein incident it's kind of hard to argue that those events made the the material itself worse so the movies are still going to be great no matter oh yeah no matter what well, like it, so the thing with me and just and, kind of how you like perceive them and, it, so. and when it comes down to movies um i i even i grew up watching these movies called jeepers creepers yeah you've ever heard of that and <laughs> I, from what i recall the director was I can't believe he was. I, I can't remember if he was a sexual abuser, or a sexual assaulter, or alleged rapist, right? Um, and this is a long time ago. This is like twenty years ago. 
But I found out that they made a Jeepers Creepers three recently, and then that came out. I was like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna pay for this movie, or you're gonna watch this movie, or buy this movie, and then support this guy who did this thing. Well, there's a couple of things that you can weigh. You can say initially, like right out the gate when you we come up with that information, well, I'm not gonna support it because this one guy did something really bad or allegedly did something really bad a long time ago. You can say that and then end it. But then you can say, well, he did this and then he paid his time. I, I think he may have went to court and settled or he went to jail. I, I don't know the whole story and I apologize for not looking into this before. That could have been the case too where he went to jail for whatever he did wrong. So he served his time. And then you can, I guess, forgive someone for that at that point or not. You also have the option of looking at it from this perspective of, well, there are hundreds of people who worked on this movie with the exception of him. So they're all trying to make money as well. Even though this one guy's making money, you're not necessarily supporting him, but you're supporting the film and the people who were behind the film, who did the makeup and the acting. So when you're not going to watch a movie because the director was a piece of shit or even with even with Tarantino, Samuel L. Jackson's a great actor. He's in almost every single one of his movies, and then he, I mean, Quentin Tarantino knows how to get a great performance out of any actor. So you're going to miss out on a good movie no matter what, you right. know? Well, I mean, I f- first we need to dis- uh, kind of say that Jeepers Creepers is not in any way close to <laughs> Pulp Fiction or... No, oh, no, I know, but it's it's still like one... It, no, it's not I know, guilty just, pleasure. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I used to watch those as well, but... Yeah, um, it's scary when I was growing up, man. <laughs> yeah. The... Oh, God. I don't need to hear that. Potty mouth. Kind of something that... Uh, you mentioned that these events happened even if they occurred many years ago or mm-hmm. like the, they serve some kind of retro, there's some kind of retribution for the actions. Uh, it's so hard to kind of disassociate the person from the negative action because mm-hmm. I, it's just, I guess one thing that I want to make sure isn't happening is saying, Oh, well this person kind of like you've seen defenses of people. Oh, well why didn't victims come out at the time of the, the, the time right, when it happen. happened yeah, yeah but it's it's way harder than that and so at least i mean well I, yeah i, I mean don't you have the you have and this is something that I'll, people might not think about is the legal cost that you might be drowned in as an individual person right you know so you're risking your career and then you're risking whatever money you have to go to court and it to be drawn out you exhaust yeah. your funds and, and then, then it just have, goes away yeah and then you have some institutions that could go against you anyway just because yeah. of inherent bias in the system and now so. if we were to shift from directors because that's what we're looking at right now into individual actors um, one of the biggest people who got hit i guess during the whole scandal process in the past uh eight months maybe how long has it been almost a year i, yeah. I can't even remember but kevin spacey right so kevin spacey was putting out great material uh one of one of my favorite movies a beautiful mind i've seen parts of the house of cards series but from what i've seen i mean it was really compelling and it was really he sells the role as the as the southern gentleman who betrays you i guess but what what do you think about watching his material now that the allegations come out and he's kind of just you know faded away i don't think he's been in the spotlight in in months so 
are you are you less likely to go back and watch a movie that he's in, or is, does it not really matter? Because I can see it as he's playing a character. He's not himself. You should be able to separate between the movie and the person itself. But that's just me. Right. Well, I guess that is tough because, I mean, one of my favorite movies that has come out recently is uh, Baby Driver that Kevin Spacey is in. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brilliant movie, and he's in it. He is he plays an important role in the movie, and it has maybe I haven't watched it since the allegations. I'm not saying that I won't go back and watch it again, yeah, because of them, but uh, it has made me question whether or not I can appreciate it as much. And uh, what what can make me appreciate it is everyone. Kind of the point you were making earlier is mm-hmm. that there's so many people who go into these movies or these art projects and. They had no idea. Like, I, I follow uh, Edgar Wright on Twitter, and I believe he tweeted out, like, I didn't know that uh, this was going on. And that does make me feel somewhat better about it. It's still it's still unsettling, I guess. But uh, I, it's difficult for me to write, kind of write off a movie that I loved because of one person did bad things and again i don't want to take this to the oh what happened so many years ago because that's it shouldn't matter when it happened it happened and really i think what made it worse is that his apology was oh bad it It was was, it was was more about himself than it was about the incident yeah i said or he came out as gay at that time well he he's been out oh has he been out i thought it was even worse i think i'm pretty sure he'd like been out for a while. Oh, well, I thought it was kind of like known in Hollywood, but I thought he he pretty much just kind of didn't say anything about it. Right, or, right. Yeah. I thought whenever he posted that, it was like him cel- it was yeah. not him celebrating, but it was him coming yeah. out as a gay man to the world. Yeah, but he said, "Oh, I didn't. I don't remember those moments. I'm really sorry about it. But hey, look at me. Like I've got this thing going on in my life. It's like that's not what we're talking about, man. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. He that was." And I wonder if that was a PR stunt or if that was just him. I think try reacting in the worst way possible, maybe. I don't know. Because it just, it was really, like, again, no issues if you're gay. I mean, just if you're going to come out or make a statement about your sexuality or anything about you personally, don't have it being an apology for something that you, that's like freaking, I don't know, OJ coming out is yeah like obviously this it's very different but like, wait what oj didn't do anything <laughs> that's definitely a tough call i think i mean and we've discussed this before off mic the idea that you know a lot of these people are facing allegations and are still technically innocent in the court system however in the court of public opinion they are guilty as can be and so for a lot of folks you know you're not going to be able to kind of live that down it's going to tarnish your uh it's going to tarnish your legacy i guess what you're leaving behind but there's definitely still room for some sort of appreciation i mean i just kind of recently got into more of kevin spacey's movies this would have been you know months ago before all of the allegations came out against him finally saw what is it american beauty and then there's another one that he's in not wise guys the usual suspects the usual suspects yeah 
so you know all both great movies um and baby driver as you mentioned matthew i've actually been seeing a lot more recently on twitter more people coming out and saying how good the movie was you know no mention of kevin spacey or anything but a lot of mention of man this was overlooked should have been oscar nominated in more categories right. than it was well how about this question and so there's clearly an appreciation for the work right. still well how how about this question can you still appreciate his work in the movie and comment on how well he his performance was in the movie but then separate that from the the man, in, the, the man, the man himself, yeah, yeah the individual that's that's tough because now it, i mean now that we know what we know hmm. we have some sort of bias going in i would say i definitely that kind of depends on who you're talking to, who your audience is, because, I mean, he did he put on a great performance in the movie, but it's, if you say that to someone who's been affected in, by, like, some kind of, yeah. like, sexual assault or anything like that, it, then obviously they're going to react negatively, and it justified that they would. And so it's just... Uh, I know that's tough. That's really tough. I think the the comparison I make a lot of times is with athletes and you know professionals that you see performing out there uh, on TV or on the field or on the court or in the ring, wherever that might be. Um, and I think Floyd Mayweather is a good example. I hate him oh, with yeah. a passion. Um, I think he is a terrible person, a crap human being but I respect him as a boxer, not as a person. Honestly, if that dude just like keeled over, you know, the I world- I think he takes world, care of his kids pretty The well. world might actually be a better place. Like, I think yeah. he, he seems to be sure. like a good father. Except for the part where he beats his wife. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's like the thing. That is the reason that yeah. like he is a crap person. Oh yeah, I mean that's- I'm not saying he's a bad person because he's like, you know, full of himself and a jerk. I'm saying that because he is a legitimate bad person. It makes him even worse that he's like a world class boxer and he. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. He, like, I can still separate and respect. He is the greatest boxer of our lifetime. Like, up there with Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. And but that doesn't mean he deserves. Yeah, it does. You don't have to respect him as a boxer. I'm just saying I do, right. but I'm I do not respect him as a person. Right. Yeah. No, it's actually um, kind of sticking to boxing uh, with, and I guess UFC a little bit, but boxing, um, oh, man. the other, who did Floyd May- Mayweather? Conor McGregor? No, uh, I was going to get to him, but. Great guy. But Manny Pacquiao. Oh, Manny, Manny Pacquiao. Pacquiao. So there's actually, uh, he is a rep- actually a representative in the Filipino. The, in the Philippines. Yes, yeah. He's like a head of, head of their legislation yeah, or something yeah, like that I don't legislative know. body he's definitely yeah uh but um he is actually so he comes across as this really nice guy and everything but he has some really really messed up views on uh homosexuality and is oh, really? just oh yeah he is 100 percent anti-gay anything lgbtq mm-hmm. and it is he has called for some pretty, from what I remember, I can't remember exactly the specifics, but he has called for some pretty jacked up stuff in, uh, to be passed in the Philippines regarding homosexuals and uh, just members of the LGBTQ. Yep. Cool. Um, I didn't realize that 
that was something he was really serious about. Yep. I, well, I, I guess like from his area, they're very. Uh, I mean, yeah. Are you they have Catholic? To, or are they? Are they? I guess they're. Yeah, definitely some kind of. Yeah. Uh, Christian denomination and another boxer slash UFC fighter, uh, Conor McGregor. He is also said some. He had some really incendiary comments that were pretty racist and stuff during um, his uh, like the build up to the fight between he, he and Conor McGregor. But yeah, but. You, I mean, he and Floyd Mayweather. Sorry. Yeah, but do you think that was more of like building the fight, and he was getting people to hate him? Well, just how just how Floyd Mayweather was getting people to hate him on the other side, you know? I think that's I think that's less strategy and more just being a th- dick. There's a line. I, I really don't line. know though yeah. because I I think they both toe the line of being an asshole enough that you're like I want to see the other person knock him out, right? How many people wanted to watch that fight because they wanted to see Conor McGregor? maybe luckily knock out Floyd Mayweather because they thought Mayweather ran his mouth so much. Well, I wanted it to happen because Floyd's a crappy person. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, I, mean, I think it's just, too, I, yeah. I feel like, I mean, That's, this is a totally different conversation, but or actually, I guess it kind of fits in the same thing. I think it's, that's less of, again, I still don't think it's much strategy. I think it's more of what kind of power can, like the kind of people powerful positions can attract because i mean you look at i mean the people who are in like at the helms of these movies or who are featured in movies or in music even with uh, a lot of big name rappers uh having some pretty and like indie rock bands having some pretty bad allegations thrown in their way um along with i mean government positions sports i mean there are some really it's just that powerful people i feel can believe that they can get away with stuff and because of their status because of the money they have and so um i, I don't know it's just so it people feel yeah people just feel like they can get away with stuff and does that abuse of power sway your opinion in any way like we're kind of talking about um the ability to separate the person from the product and so you know the use of that use and abuse of that power could paint them in a light where you know I don't respect them as a person but I appreciate the work they've done could be a politician who you know uh, is involved in sexual harassment cases but has actually done decent work as a politician in getting stuff done and getting uh, reform you know his area or her area wherever they are um, responsible for moving in the right direction and so can you what constitutes someone being a good person you know even if they're abusing that power um well i would i would like to see some uh if we can find them uh, just some examples of people who do kind of toe that line in the sense that they are saying or doing really bad stuff but also saying and doing things that are good for their community or good for the country even because um <clears throat> i feel like a lot of times i mean this could just be the nature of uh, how stories spread in social media and just in media in general but uh, i feel like once you hear good things about a person it's very unlikely that you hear of any like negative stuff like that come out of them i mean it's different from like and vice versa yeah right right exactly and so it's different from them performing well in a sport, movie, music, whatever, uh, because that is doing something well, not doing 
good, I guess. It's a, there's definitely mm. you have to kind of totally separate those mm-hmm. and uh, ideas. And so, yeah, I feel like again, it's a it just kind of again blurs the line of what you can and can't appreciate or yeah. not. I don't want to say can or can't, but right. But like what you, you know, comfortable. With, yeah, yeah, they've passed a couple laws that went into effect and say for instance they crack down on drunk driving and you know death rates go down 12 percent in your county or whatever um from drunk drivers you know can i mean you should appreciate that um but at the same time it could have been a a crappy politician who is a scumbag uh who enacted those laws so i mean you appreciate the results but you don't like appreciate the person who did it. Right. So it goes, I guess with everything we're talking about, you can appreciate the end product. You can appreciate the movie, the hard work that went into it, um, that others put into it. And even that that person put into it to give the maybe Oscar winning performance right. of a lifetime, but there's still a crappy person yeah. at the end of well, the day. Uh, even going like kind of tying in the politics thing, so many people and so many ideas go into legislation that's passed. It's not just that one guy or one girl pushing their uh, agenda. It's usually, and usually they have a certain agenda. It's fueled by special interest groups or stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so, yeah, wait, wait, where it should be fueled by their personal motivation. Right, right, or their local, good. their local community, the right, people exactly. they represent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the people that's, that they represent. That's the that's, point. Yeah. That is the yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that you is don't. So lost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I want to bring it back to the actual art and entertainment. I know we're, we kind of got lost on the down the politics route. A I mean, bit. yeah, we've talked athletes, politics. Yeah. With ath- athletes, if I have a football player that there has been history of football players that are. Uh, Domestic abusers. Domestic abusers. And mm. if you're putting up 20 points a week for my football team, am I allowed to be okay with that? Or oh, am I like, yeah, this is great. Or should I drop them ethic- because for ethical purposes? Like, this person's a clearly a terrible human being, but they're a good football player. I say change sports. You should watch hockey because those guys are normally – 99 they just of the beat time. each other up yeah they're good people <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to worry about those yeah. things uh, i mean that's just, so that's just a question with you about the football like that's just i mean that's a one-off thing but but it's applicable to every single season There's yeah well a no different one's gonna guy no one's dropping that, adrian peterson if he's putting up points or for ezekiel elliott as we've heard was going through court i don't what was he in court for hitting a woman and then I think then he, he was put, in like a regular bar fight too. And then with pushed off the, the suspension process, and then eventually got suspended. Yeah. Who was dropping him on the team? No one. If you right. could get him, you would get him. Like that's just how it was. So when there's money on the line, people don't care. Yeah, I feel. I feel like you're. That's something where the institution of the NFL should be taking more responsibility to crack down on stuff like that. I don't know if at that point it is the responsibility of the consumer okay you guys watching right but you're still you're still i guess you're making the decision though by saying like well i don't care what he does like even though it's i mean it's fantasy football it's it really is nothing like in the in the scheme of things but you're trying to win a game and so you're winning at any cost possible and so at the cost of your own morality 
you're picking this guy up who may not live by your standards. But at the same time, you have everyone else has players on their team. I don't know how Eli Manning lives outside of life. He could <laughs> he could go home and snort cocaine all night long, and I have no idea. I'm I'm totally against that. But if he does that, and I don't know, well, I could draft him, <laughs> find out. Eli Manning doesn't make it to the game because he did cocaine before the game. Oh, great. I started him today. So, does Eli that make Manning me... is awesome. <laughs> That's not <laughs> true. <laughs> um, but I think it would be interesting to find out, you know, because there are so many cases of domestic violence in football specifically, uh, there is one guy in particular who was actually just um, added, like Joe Biden has this initiative, former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, has this initiative to look into domestic abuse, and he has uh, like a not-for-profit organization that kind of heads up different strategies to approach it. And uh, one of the guys he added is a current NFL football player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. His name's William Gay, and his mom was in an abusive relationship. Ultimately, ended up getting killed. And uh, you know, he's been a strong uh, advocate for domestic violence awareness um and so that's kind of like you know he has to take the field and play against the dallas cowboys and ezekiel elliott and you know greg hardy when he was in the league with the panthers and the the cowboys so you know how does it make those people feel who have experienced firsthand the impact of these abusers and you know they're taking the field and these guys of yeah, making millions of dollars to play a game, which we may talk about at some other point, how I hate everything that society has become revolving around the world of sports, that people play a game, a game for a living and yeah, make millions of dollars. I hate it. But Wait. that's that's for another day. Okay. I was going to bash you on that one. Maybe some of our fans would appreciate that. Maybe. Maybe s- crack down on you, Vic. Maybe some of... The teachers that you had should have gotten paid more than $4,000 a year. <laughs> what, what is that supposed to mean? That's my yeah. argument, Stephen. Against my education. The reallocation of yeah. funds. Reallocation of funds. Reallocation of Athletes money. do not deserve to get paid what they get paid. Especially oh. whenever others are people who are doing stuff for the community are are doing more personal stuff for the community like teachers are that actually have oh yeah i thought we yeah. i thought money. you and i were talking about your i was gonna say your love for sports so i thought it was ironic that you brought up what you said that's what i thought you were getting at i do like playing sports and watching just hockey and soccer and football i guess soccer is the biggest Don't, offender come on, right man no, soccer what wild. i'm saying is i'm being hypocritical soccer. because yes. soccer is where the most money is exchanged and okay well anyway anyways we're but we I digress. Literally bouncing off the walls. <laughs> so whoever's listening to these podcasts, are we liter- please, literally? Please, say, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Uh, let's look into literature, right? So I brought this up to Vic earlier, and I thought, I thought it was going to be a good example. He seemed to shoot it down and say it was not a good example. But I want to use Sun Tzu, who wrote the book The Art of War, or at least. He wrote something down, and then someone published it as him, right? So one of the great, uh, I guess, military strategists, strategists, however you say this, yeah. from, and I couldn't tell you the age where he was from, but he was like in the Chinese dynasty, and he long helped. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago, hundreds of years ago. And he helped uh, lead an army to kill 
thousands, hundreds of thousands maybe, mm-hmm. um, of other people for the benefit of his mm-hmm. his uh, dynasty or his uh, country. So does that make him a bad person? Well, I feel like you have to kind of take military action kind of with a grain of salt, especially um, back so long ago because it was a totally different standard of living. Like if we're that that is to me very different from looking at kind of modern art. And again, back to our previous examples of movies, even sports, uh, because that that is people. Yeah, they're doing something they love, aka producing this art but then also engaging in uh really just bad behavior outside of the realm of their or like abusing their place of power there's no established morality back when this was going on i mean there is established morality but killing people for the name of your country was considered moral for a lot of if you look at for us it's not it's been happening through well all right or is it take dwight (laughs) Dwight Eisenhower, he's an author. He's written books. One of our past presidents, I believe like the 34th president or something, he was a general in the U.S. Army. Like, you know, he's responsible for coming up with strategies to go kill Nazis, I believe. And so, like, you know, depending on what side you're on, he was either moral or immoral or bad or good. And so... It's just my my I I'm not like I'm not bashing your point. I'm just saying it's kind of for me. It's difficult to associate the two of. Well, all right. So how about this? I appreciate the the boats that the Vikings created. Like I like I appreciated the way that they sculpted it. Long boats, the wood that they used, the sculptures they created inside the boats. But Vikings pillaged and raped families and just normal people all the time and that's what they did so am i allowed to appreciate the art that they had but also identify that these are savages yeah i mean i think i i mean i think so too but i i'm just saying that that's that's definitely a more like a more prevalent connection but like the again um so i hate making this argument because it can only be it can only extend so far but like that very different standards of living. Not to say that it was right to, for them to do that because it wasn't, obviously. But if you look at the time, I mean, people, uh, again, I guess it's more of a question of abuse of power again because like that's all that really was. they had was. the ability to do They had the so. ability, they had the power um, to do Take advantage. terrible things, yeah. take advantage of people. And so now it's kind of translated like something as obscene as the actions taken by Vikings and other uh, like other s- societies, quote unquote, um, and like fifteen hundred, I mean, basically from for thousands of years, uh, it can it's kind of translated into these people of power who in now instead of just killing and whatever whoever they can for the name of getting more territory it's taking advantage of women or taking advantage or taking advantage of a situation they have uh to kind of get rid of maybe do away with uh yeah. what's it called uh their enemies or their uh competitors and they can do that because they have the money to pay people off they have 
just the means to do so. And so it's really, it's kind of looking back again, how power can totally change how you, how you interact with people and in a very negative way. I feel like the whole, the notion that power corrupts individuals is, I definitely see that as true. And absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. We saw Tiger Woods, who seemed to be like the greatest human being of all time. Behind the scenes, he was out there in Pound Town. <laughs> Definitely Pound Town. But I guess to go back to like the Vikings and to make a couple quick points, I mean, to go back with Steve, you know, I definitely am on board with the appreciation of um, the longboats that they created, the whole idea. You know, medieval times for me is kind of cool. And then even ancient Japan and things like that. You know, you have your knights, you have your samurai, you have your Vikings. Um, you know, I think all of that stuff is super cool. The weaponry, the shields, the armor that they wore. Um, in the process now of possibly designing new tattoos to get. And the idea of, like, it was so cool, the weaponry and the armor back then. And they were all fighting for different reasons, but they were all killing people. And that's yeah. the thing. Like, I can appreciate certain things that went into the crafting of, you know, the blacksmithing of all of the equipment and how cool some of the designs were. But when you look on the deeper level, like they were fighting not necessarily for great reasons. And so you can still respect things that came out of it, like those times, but looking back, you know, it might not have been the best execution. And so I think another aspect back to the Vikings you know, the reason they abused their power so much, it wasn't even, you know, it's all part of their strategy going forward. It's, it's a psychological warfare as much as, as it is physical. Right. And so if they're going in and raping and pillaging these villages as they conquer them, it's like the next village over is like, we might as well just like give up and get out of town. You know, it made things potentially easier for them. So that yeah. is, you know, the reason why they were doing the things they were doing and it was bad and so wrong. So that was their strategy. Yeah, yeah and it happens so, in no, other but, cultures um, too. What bothered me a little bit when you said when you said that it was it was different for Sun Tzu and his country to kill thousands and thousands of people, but then it's it's bad for Vikings to kill and then rape and do all what they did. Well, it's a, I'm not saying that it wasn't bad of Sun Tzu to. I mean, I, I know nothing about whoever who this guy is yeah i appreciate uh, him as a strategist right and he's the greatest military strategist of all time i killed people (laughs) well just even with the the vikings connection like i for me it's just it's very difficult to kind of associate um or kind of connect kind of immoral behavior in art and entertainment today with what was at the time considered moral and behavior back thousands of years ago but now that we we attribute that or we say that that is totally immoral so right now the difference is people are aware of what's going on and they believe the general public believes that these actions that people in power or some people in power are doing are immoral but at the time what does it matter at the time though because we're looking at it from our eyes not their eyes so that's just like whenever we're looking at or when people were looking at the 
the Confederate statues, right? And they brought them down earlier last year. Well, the the thing with the that's their eyes and not our eyes, yeah, right? But the thing with the Confederate statues is that there were most of them. I I want to say like upwards of like ninety percent of Confederate statues were actually erected after, uh, like years and years and years after the Civil War in response to. Civil rights movements. Civil rights movements. Well, most okay. of them came up during Jim Crow, the Jim Crow okay. South. Uh, so, like, that, again, is – that yeah. was a clear retaliation against civil rights. Okay, well, that – I mean, that yes. does – And, I mean, yeah. you look at – regardless of whether or not Sun Tzu was moral or immoral in his military strategy – Dude's just trying to survive, man. He's yeah. just trying to live longer than the other group of people that's trying to kill him. Yeah. So, yeah, well, so all right, well then the... let's go to a worse example, right? And I know you had it down and you re- you read you have read the book. Buzz Aldrin. Nope. Did he <laughs> kill people on the moon? <laughs> <laughs> moon people. <laughs> uh, that's why there are no aliens, guys. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin done messed him up. Uh, no. You read Hitler's book, Mein Kampf. I have not read that book. I don't know what it's about, but my, can you still get an appreciation for what the book I'm represents? Just gonna, I'm just going to say my hot take, less of a hot take really, is that some people are just so bad that it's not okay to, like... Well, all right. I mean, like... I want to challenge that. Have, no, no, I want to challenge that, what you're saying. Because what's your favorite band? Favorite band? Frank Ocean and Carsey Headrest are like so. It, so if somehow Hitler was alive and his favorite musician was Frank Ocean, would you be like, ah, I have to reconsider that? There's no way Hitler's favorite artist is a gay black guy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what if he didn't know he was gay? It doesn't matter. Okay, but that, just, now, you're saying, taking, now you're taking it to a place of no. That's well, like me and Harvey Weinstein having the same favorite movies because that just because he might like the same stuff I like doesn't mean that I can't like it. No, you're well, we're talking about. But you're saying the ideas are produced ideologies, right? Ideology produced by the person is though produced by this person. But he could have been influenced by something else, you know. Yeah, but influence. And you get you guys. I'm influenced by certain things that could make me act totally different i mean i don't do like well two people can read the bible and get two different interpretations yeah you're right but that's why i don't read it (laughs) (laughs) well that's i mean i'm just saying that's how that's how religion is right that's how islam has their different sects and that's how christianity does too but what i'm saying is that you can have two of the same basis for information and then two different conclusions from that basis so so I you think and I that, could read the but, same thing and then and then but, deviate in yeah, different so paths. I think I think the comparison isn't right on your end necessarily because you know you're taking this third party look at it that Hitler appreciated oranges and I like eating oranges. It's totally different than Hitler believed in killing Jews. I certainly don't believe that. No, no, no. That. I'm not saying I'm not. I don't want to even have that connection there that I would even advocate for that sort of thing. I'm just no, saying. Oh, yeah, we're not. We're not. You're saying not. We're right. not saying well, I don't that. know what's inside the book, though. Right. So that's that's and what's hurting my argument. But not necessarily. It's not even like. And there's certain, like you said, people can read something and get different interpretations 
out of those. And so even going into reading Mein Kampf, my, and it's the same with the Unabomber. We've talked about this on the previous episode. I have read his um, manifesto. His manifesto. manifesto yeah. And it's more of a desire to understand, like, what the hell happened to this crazy individual right. yeah. that yeah. caused him to lead the life that he led. Yeah. And so, you know, in reading these things, it's not that I agree with anything involved in them, and it's not that I appreciate them in any way. It's more of a glimpse into their psyche. Yeah, so I think it's just, it's kind of, we shouldn't look at it about how, I mean, if you are influenced by Mein Kampf or the Unabomber Manifesto in a way that makes you, yeah, exactly. If it's it's in a way that makes you dangerous, or makes you want to spread these horrible, horrible ideas, then that is more of a problem with you. If you're one right. who, if you're one who interprets Christianity or Islam in particular, because there are a lot of uh, people who say, "Oh, well," or there's a lot of kind of propaganda saying that Islam is a bad religion. No, it's just it's how people interpret it, and it's it's not that it's not the source material that needs to be looked at. It's the individual and so i guess that's going back to that's why i have my uh kind of opinion on the whole like some people are so bad that they don't deserve a second look is that it's if the individual is going to do these horrible things then like that's reg- it. regardless how good hitler's art may have been when he was younger it's it's void yeah if you're gonna kill if you're going to commit mass genocide in the way that he and the nazis did then cannot respect him as an artist why do you think that people (laughs) this is like did stalin ever do anything uh did he ever put publish any art or any books or anything okay because i was going to kind of compare the two and say that while hitler deserves the bad rap that he got sure stalin doesn't quite get the uh he's not quite there he, exactly. Right, but then, but then on the record, he has led to the murders and killings of more people than Hitler has. But, but he, I, I just feel like no, I mean, I feel like every it's, it's easy it, because like it's it's super easy to point out Hitler. Yeah, because obviously, the scale but and that's the like whenever you when you punch your grandma in the face, it's like everyone's <laughs> gonna, like everyone's gonna like, tell you. No, no, what I'm saying is everyone's <laughs> gonna tell you why the hell did you do that because clearly that was a that you should be doing this <laughs> yeah i mean what could a grandma do that you'd literally punch a grandma in the face that was actually a thing i don't you remember a couple years ago it was like the knockout game that was going around where you just randomly oh yeah punch just, different oh, people randomly go up yeah. to someone and punch them in the face as some kids as tried to like knock out a grandma and she like just took the punch like a champ and the kids ended up getting arrested some like bystander Jeez. tackled the kids to the ground and this they got arrested great. it was great just, that's a so yeah, so yeah, that's so sorry it. to so compare the two like that, but so what obvi- I'm saying is it's an so obvious wrong. Yeah, so yeah. that's actually that point. That's kind of going off again the distinction of individual versus individuals' influence because obviously these kids were influenced to do, like they saw these videos and stuff and thought, oh, this would be funny if I tried this. But that's a problem. Like I had seen, like or at least heard of those videos, and I was never like, oh yeah, I want to go punch someone's lights out just for the hell of it yeah. like so it makes i guess it's really hard uh to boil i mean kind of take all the kind of wrap it back into our original uh 
kind of discussion on the appreciation of stuff because I guess you can appreciate art, but you can't appreciate the individual and who produces such art, whatever. I don't know. It's but then even you were saying that if the person's so bad that it doesn't even matter it, what it they should produce. Yeah, some people just well, don't. Can we na- can we name one other individual besides Hitler that if you saw their their body of work you would you'd be like no Steve Dinkins Jr. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> on par with Hitler. Uh, I would have to say. It's definitely you're right though. It's a case by case basis. It's okay, yeah. It's well, I know, but I'm can you? Uh, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's because it's it's so easy of an example. I mean, it is very fair why he has been painted the way that he is because he painted because, like an artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, I mean, I would like to. I'm assuming Bill Cosby is guilty, just because all this stuff about him alleged i know it's all alleged and it's really you can't how about this with the with the amount of evidence or the amount of uh accusations against him it is very highly unlikely that he's not yeah guilty of something (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and so it's and I, i actually saw an interesting take on uh like the whole the alleged uh argument is that I can't remember exactly what the argument was saying. It was basically saying that, yeah, innocent until proven guilty is important because of all of the kind of challenges that women face to come out uh, about these instances and how how often they are dismissed as, oh, boys will be boys, stuff like that. It's kind of, in this case, it's you're in a lot of cases, especially with these powerful people like Bill Cosby or like Kevin Spacey. I mean, I know Kevin Spacey was a little bit different because it was with a gay man, but... Gay boy. Gay boy, yeah, young. A little worse. Yeah, gay yeah, boy. A lot worse, yeah. And oh, so, I should say a boy who... <coughs> yeah. Who is now a man. Yeah. yeah. And not a woman. Young young, young person at the time. But yeah, uh, so anyway, it, uh, it's kind of at this point, you have to look at certain cases again it is a case-by-case uh analysis but some people are just you kind of have to assume so you don't think there's at any, first you don't think there's any redemption for bill cosby i mean if he if he really did drug tons of yeah. women and take advantage of them, then absolutely not i don't think there's any redemption there's a guy there. that we know who is either in jest or in seriousness i honestly couldn't tell you <laughs> Has said, "Oh, don't throw him away. He, I mean, he's old. He doesn't even know what's going on anymore." And it's like it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't take away from the that, fact that, that, that what he, he did, did it, and he did know what was going on well, at the time, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to get sued by anybody because yeah. we're saying that we're spitting he, out false yeah. truths. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think of OJ for one. You know, we were a little too young to have grown up with the whole case, but we've seen enough and read enough about it you know he's absolutely he's the definition of uh innocent in the court but guilty in the court of public opinion well that's probably because he also lost the the civil case civil case yeah Yeah. so i mean that didn't help at least yeah definitely didn't help that he had to do all the the payout stuff but um 
he's one for me that like you know you could be the greatest running back in the world and you know just can't I, I, I don't acknowledge him as a football player and yeah. it might be because yeah. of our age we didn't grow up seeing right. him play football yeah. but you know there's I remember him as a movie star I remember him as a criminal <laughs> alleged yeah, criminal yeah. well a guilty in a civil court criminal right yeah um so you know and then he's gone on to do nothing but prove my opinion right right with yeah. all of his well, other yeah actions yeah. I mean yeah. It, it seems like he, his life kind of just spiraled. spiraled out of control yeah. after well, that so going kind of off of that it's uh going back to our, our first example of our second third or devil dare exactly remember but uh harvey weinstein it's uh it's really difficult for me to decide how much i can appreciate stuff produced or made by the weinstein company because again we we already discussed it's so many people go into the production of those films and he really just throws money into them that's yeah all, that's all his real function I mean, he's... is so because he is irredeemable in my in my opinion that's just because like the stuff that he did was just, super scummy yeah just a total scumbag and so but again like i guess it also if we're looking in the wines at the weinstein case then his function was to give money to make for movies to be made. That's right. he didn't. He like, invested have, in the in the production. He of invested movies. in it. He didn't like I at least not to my knowledge. He didn't have like hands on. Yeah, not, and in no points so many individuals, it's hard to say. It's hard to really say that you can't. I don't think you can completely write off the appreciation of any of the movies. I mean, there, I'm sure have been a bunch of crappy movies that he produced. Right. Uh, I don't. I couldn't name any of the the big movies that he's produced, and they were you know amazing and critical fame and everything like that. But I don't think you would write those off just because someone would put the money up for it. I mean, right. that's because someone's See, that's an investor kinda, of something. That's yeah. That's different if it's someone abusing their power in direct relation to whatever the art or entertainment is. I think that's when you start getting a little bit fuzzy. So I think transitioning, not necessarily to a lighter subject, but um, I guess this, rather than being the person behind the subject matter being immoral or bad, this is taking a famous author and looking at the presentation of the subject matter as immoral or taboo. And so... Uh, a while ago, probably almost two years ago now, I saw a list of the top 10 most controversial or like banned books in the world. And so obviously I watched the video, learned about the books and a couple of them I had read. A couple of them were your typical like, Catcher you know, in the Rye was that in there? Catcher in the Rye was in there, which by the way, I, I would recommend reading it. I don't know why it was like banned or controversial because someone kills the ending someone in the name of it? was horrible oh maybe yeah maybe someone was it that yeah. charles manson i don't know but uh, the ending of the book really made me angry anyway um on the list were a number of books um and one of those I, I went ahead and ordered like all of them some of them i had read already but one of the books was lolita uh which is by vladimir nabokov and so the idea behind the 
um, story focuses on like pedophilia and also, you know, a taboo relationship between a stepfather and his stepdaughter. And so, you know, the subject matter, very taboo. I, I mean, the reason I read it was because I wanted to find out why it was so controversial. Yeah. You know, it was on this list along with, you know, Huck Finn and Catcher in the Rye and Slaughterhouse Five, um, you know, all these classic literature books. And so I read it and honestly, you know, I felt a little weird reading it. Uh, I was reading it on flights back and forth to DC. Oh, and so God. having to pull that book out in airports and on airplanes was a little weird. I you wonder know, how many people actually know what the book is. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but the it's like the subject matter is taboo. Can I respect it as a book? Even though, you know, this idea of an not technically incestuous, but a like inappropriate, pedophilic, yeah, yeah, a very inappropriate relationship took place. Um, and so, as a read, I thought it was one entertaining and two, you know, well written. But um, you know, I mean, I guess that's that's where I stand on it. I yeah. thought it's definitely worth a read, regardless of the fact that the the uh, subject matter is controversial. Well, I, I think it's less of whether or not, because, I mean, you can have, uh, I guess it's whether or not, less of whether or not the subject matter itself is controversial, it's how the subject matter is portrayed. And so, like, or the character is portrayed. So, like, if, say, there's a book about kind of this inappropriate relationship, if it's portrayed in a good light, then that's where it becomes, I think, a real issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, again, less of uh, the subject matter itself, but really, like, because you can tell, like, whether or not the uh, author views something in a good light or a negative light. Steven's currently pulled up a list of controversial books, and he is looking through them. Well, one of them, which I surprisingly guessed was one of your censored books the lolita express or just lolita it's just lolita Ex- lolita express was actually an ev- an event or something that F- the fbi dubbed this this actual plane where people celebrities or higher up people would go to this guy's island and perform sexual acts with underage children so that's and they got the name the Lolita Express, which was the airplane from the book Lolita, which you read. I did, and I have to say, looking at this list, there are only two books from this list that you pulled up that are on the same list that I went through. So, Lolita well, is one of them, and uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is yeah. the other. But so with Lolita, um, what was the what was the subject of that? It. Was it like was an older the, man falling in love with a younger woman, right? Yeah. So he basically specifically sought out this woman to have a relationship with the woman in order to get to the daughter, and so the That's woman was <laughs> woman. Really uh, spoiler alert: the woman had an untimely death, and so the now stepfather became the primary caretaker and you know exploited that fact. Um, and there were points in the book where you know. I'm not saying... <laughs> is, this, is this book about be, Woody Allen? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I have to be careful with the way that I phrase it, but, you know, the young girl, she may not... She, at least the way it was portrayed in the book, kind of had an understanding 
of you know it's almost as if she egged him on and like she knew that he had these inappropriate thoughts and feelings for her and she you know didn't lead him on but kind of invited him in for it so with with that ultimately she found the error of her ways and like you know with that subject matter do we think i mean do you guys think it's it's inappropriate or is it is it one of those things that you shouldn't even touch it like it's I was. I mean, it is. It is taboo. I was very nervous to read it, especially in public. But I did it anyway, and I feel like I'm. It was worth it to me because it was, it, it was a good book to read. But it was still. I mean, nonetheless, it was still creepy. But yes, it, I, I guess you can compare it to I even mean, watching <laughs> or listening to the serial podcast. You're listening to actions performed by a serial killer, and well, being narrated. That's not not serial. Is just that it's a serialized podcast. Oh, well. The, he sword, allegedly sword, killed one person. Sword and the, uh, not sword, sword and the stone. stone. Merlin, he was a killer. <laughs> um, um, what? Uh, it's, it's like a yeah. I mean, Atlanta Monster, Up and Vanished, all these great true crime podcasts. You're dealing with murderers. Sword and the scale. That's what I was thinking of. That's the one. That's the one I was telling you about. Where uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, he brings up. Sword in the Scale, and in the Sword in the Scale episode, it was talking about this guy who would go on AOL like chat rooms and talk to people about how he would murder kids, and then he would talk about chopping them up and eating them. And it was they read the dialogue in like a computerized voice, and it's so creepy. That is awful. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I guess that goes back to. Uh, so. Again, my previous point of it was it's how the actions are kind of relayed and whether or not it's in a positive light or a negative light. It sounds like in Lolita that there was again, I don't don't know anything about the book. This is the first time I've ever actually heard of it. Sounds like or you said that she like learned to that this was inappropriate and so kind of backed away from the entire experience. So it's like a lesson to Yeah, exactly. Less of a lesson and more just like, it definitely goes to the, the point, reader, the way that yeah. it was painted, at least the way that I read it, it was never dark and negative. It was yeah. always presented as just kind of like another thing. A thing. Right. Yeah. And so it wasn't, you know, when you read it, yes, you knew and understood that the relationship was wrong, but you never got the feeling that he, like, abused his power or yeah. overstepped his bounds in any way. He did because that's, you know, not a, it's just a wrong thing. But it was like, it was never like he just straight up raped her or anything like that. Yeah. I guess it's kind of the author's, it'd be interesting to know the author's actual intention behind the book because that, because that would totally change whether or not it'd be appropriate to, for it to even be on shelves anymore, I guess. So at least for me, so. Well. That was a long discussion. Yeah. yeah. It was good and relevant. We yeah. definitely welcome comments on the discuss page for our episode discussions. This is pretty wild. We're getting deep into it, man. You know, that's going to be coming at you normally on Wednesdays. Uh, but additionally, we have podcasts on Sundays, we do. too. That is the Raleigh Rambler. Definitely. You if can any, find it on our website. Sure can. If you guys out there are either visiting or already in the Raleigh area, definitely go ahead and check out the Raleigh Rambler. Uh, that's going to be available on 
you know, everywhere, iTunes, SoundCloud, everywhere our normal podcasts are available. And definitely check out the website, myshotoflife.com, where you can find a link to all of the information that is contained in there. Um, and that's going to give you an idea of what's going on in the week to come in the Raleigh area. All right, Matthew, do your best fart noise because it is time for toilet talk. I, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, on this week's edition of Toilet Talk. Previously on Toilet Talk. Uh, so, no, so this week we're talking about using the sink in the bathroom, washing your Classic. hands. Classic. You yeah, learned this stuff in preschool. Not peeing in the sink. You learned this stuff before <laughs> preschool. One one of the things I was always growing up to do immediately after you finish, no matter what you're doing. But no. what do you guys think? Using the bathroom, number one. Number two, do you always wash your hands? I mean, yeah. Do that, you always wash your hands? I mean, like on occasion, of course <laughs> okay, I don't. But like, okay. you, Yay, you honesty. Sh- you should wash your hands every time. And so I, I would say most most close to all times that I use the bathroom, I will wash my hands afterwards. But every time that you poop. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. disgusting. There you go. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I'm gl- all right. So that's the typical routine. Like that's not even a bias. That's just like. Got, like, I will uh, say there was a phase in college, and this was not by my own doing, that uh, the bathrooms in the dormitories were not stocked with hand soap. Oh, Rather, God. they were stocked with hand sanitizer. And the thought process behind that is that you, the use of antimicrobial uh, hand soap actually, over time, your hands... Uh, yeah, yeah, the bacteria kind of learned how to... Correct. Yeah. yeah. So the bacteria ultimately, what you know, you keep using the same zero one percent for <laughs> the hand sanitizer. Super extra. And so, shout out to my undergrad extra. university, Duquesne, for doing the research. For doing the research, they said that hand sanitizer was better. So there was, you know, a time where I was not washing my hands after but, I mean, bathroom you use, a, but I was using cleaning. hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's well, okay. I'm all on board for hand sanit- hand sanitizer. Inside the urinals, I've no, never sorry, agreed in, with anything more. Not the urinals, <laughs> inside the, the urinals, urinals. Inside. the stalls, the stalls. Yeah, no, yeah. I like that. Yeah, you're pooping, and you finish, and you got your fecal you fingers. You have to touch fecal fingers. Episode one, man. Back, that's a shout there out you go. right there. there you Hashtag go. fecal fingers. Um, <laughs> no, you have to touch the door handle. You're not touching you it with touch your, your foot. Your button, your zipper, yep. your belt. That's right. Yeah, you're putting all that dirty mess back on. Mm-mm. You're taking it back yeah. with you to your desk. Regardless of how clean you wiped, you know, yeah, it's, it's still not, there. It's so gross. It's let's see. Okay, so that kind of goes back into. So if we're talking about stalls. We're talking about public restrooms. Have you? I'm sure you've seen this where people in public restrooms have the audacity to take a piss, get out of a stall, and just walk right I out. I am yeah. so glad you brought. I this am up. significantly. Oh God, it me I do out. have to say, I am less upset when. Guys, specifically, I've never been in a women's bathroom before. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, guys will pee and not wash their hands and leave. I'm upset about it, but I'm not, like, enraged. But when people are using the other end and they're taking a poop and they leave the stall that is, and immediately leave the restroom. That's horrific. Straight up disrespect. I mean, you're a psychopath Yeah, for not 
not even realizing, not even thinking, not even considering the and fact so that one of the things that has to be deliberate. This is it's it it's not a pass. It's not an excuse. Talk. I'm just gonna walk. Over yeah, it's not an excuse. Everybody poops. You gotta walk into the bathroom. You gotta own it. You know, if you're pooping and you come out of the stall and there are like six people in the bathroom, you know, stare them down. Like, what are they gonna do? Judge you Wait, for you taking think a poop? Do you think the people get people nervous? get nervous? They hear someone else come in to use the urinal or whatever, and they immediately, you know, they're done in the stall and they open it up and they run out because they don't want you to see them to know that they just took a poop. Oh, so what do you? Oh, how but do you feel? no one is that fast for me to not get a quick glimpse and be like, oh, that's. That's I purposely a, look Steve. look behind well, there's myself. A, there's a guy who we call Stinky Pete in the in the uh, office. We share an office. He works space. at some law firm. Yes. Yeah, so if you're out just, there listening, dude, if you're in Raleigh and hands. you hire a law firm, don't do it from whatever law firm this guy works yeah. at. Uh, n- now, what do you guys think if if he walks inside his office and then immediately is like, oh gosh, I gotta put some hand sanitizer on me. He's already. It's too late. You've left. Because well, he has disrespected wash your hands, you. Wash your hands, then use hands. You have to open the door to get out. That's like he's yeah. disrespected you. He knows you're in there. He knows you have to leave the bathroom. You know what I have to do when we leave? I, I use, use my, my pinky. pinky. Absolutely. At the top of the door, or like my uh, my uh, index finger, I pull it with one finger so I know that that finger's dirty and the other ones are fine. And I'll do whatever with it. And when I get back to my desk, I have a giant bottle of hand sanitizer on my desk. So not only do I wash my hands, but because I have to touch two different door handles on my way back to my desk, I pump out a little hand sanitizer and use that when I get back. So I think we can all agree. If you're doing number two, go wash your hands as well. Wash your hands. I think even... If you're doing number one as well, you definitely should wash your hands. It's sure. slightly more forgivable. <laughs> all right, Buzz. Because all right, like I get it. I get it. Home. I get it. Yeah, if I'm at home, I'm, I am slightly less likely. I'm still likely to wash my yeah. hands, but like. Well, you know how you wear your, you can wear gym shorts and yeah. you can kind of just like kind of like flip, flip it out. For, for like, guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. for guys at least. We don't need to, we don't need to go into detail, but yeah, it's there is a specific method. <laughs> there is but an opportunity flush, where you, then, right? If you're touching the the handle to flush, you should do something, whether it's I, wash your hands or hand sanitizer. If I but ask Aaron, Aaron's like, oh my god, well you just touched the the uh, toilet handle, you have to wash your hands, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm always. I have to be convinced sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I just, I just didn't have to touch anything except for the handle. Dirty. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad that we could come up with that. Yeah, consensus. and and yeah, by the after, way, after such a conversation like the first so one, so yeah. nice, nice There is also single. I would look up. There's new guidelines. I'm not sure if it's the CDC or who, but um, for hand washing specifically. They've kind of changed it around over the years. It's not just it should be a crime. lather for 20 seconds, you know, rub around. There's actually a specific method you're supposed to use, and I've adopted it recently. Bleach. That's like, it's this weird, like, interlocking of your fingers. Nope, like, I'm not doing top. that. It, it looks strange, yep, but, you know, I'm in there. I'm using the soap. I'm being good. Respecting my fellow potty goers. Well, how about this? I want to add another layer to this. So we got... You know, we're already deep into this conversation. Washing your hands in the bathroom, hot or cold water? Hot water. I prefer hot water, but unfortunately, most public restrooms yeah, will not get no. hot. Yeah. yeah. No. So does that kill the germs? I mean, you have you the soap, have... and so I'm sure, I mean, I'm not a science guy, but I'm sure it does, like, 
if it doesn't kill the germs entirely, you're not going to kill the germs entirely no matter what. But or maybe it's it just easier help. to spread whenever it's hot, and maybe that's what it is. I don't think so. I think hot water is specific. I mean, I'll say, uh, because really it's what, like, boiling water is what's supposed to actually effectively kill bacteria. But I don't, Man, why don't we just jump in boiling water every day? Uh, I don't know, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, you know, show my inner layer of skin. <laughs> yeah. Or no skin, I guess. Gross. That would eliminate the germs, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good times. All right, guys. Well, that's our toilet talk topic of the week. Brought to you this week by Bleach. Use yeah, it. Man. Don't drink it. <laughs> or drink eat. it to wash down your Tide Pods. <laughs> I was going to say that. something. <laughs> I was going to add something with buttholes, but I couldn't think but of anything. Thank God you didn't. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, guys. So from buttholes to bourbon, that's our next segment, the Bourbon Review. We're taking a look at what we've been drinking tonight, which is McAfee's Benchmark Old Number 8 Brand Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I'm knocking down at least half a star for the name. Yeah, right, right it is a mouthful. So for, for short, you know, just like a little quick one on the label, which just says Benchmark real big. So if you just want to call it Benchmark, which is what I'm going to do. Uh, it's less you pretentious. Know, yeah. Less yeah, ridiculous. no, Benchmark, actually. And Benchmark is a pretty solid name. It, it may say, yeah. well, as soon as you said Benchmark tonight, uh, I was not expecting a $9 bo- bottle of whiskey. So I yeah. will say that. So I think the fun fact here is that this uh, whiskey is produced and distilled by Buffalo Trace. Who was on our, which, which was featured on our last episode. Yeah, which, you know, you're getting into a little higher end, more you know delicious and and they they make a ton of different uh bourbons out of kentucky there and so uh to find one that's only ten dollars uh on average i would say it might have been a little less might have been nine or something like that but it came highly recommended from the guy at the liquor store and so you know this is decent i guess to drink no it's it's really i mean i i just recently uh went through entirely too quickly a bottle of uh, Maker's Mark, and that was really good, but, I mean, this is not much worse. And I yeah. really enjoy Maker's Mark, uh, but this is, for $9, this yeah. is... This and, I mean, if you want to have a bourbon whiskey, yeah, if you want to have a bourbon whiskey, if you're in college, yeah. that's cheap, oh, or dude, if you want to stock your bar it. with something yeah. to make yeah. mixed drinks with. You want to impress I someone? I mean, the fact that you Way can... Way better than Evan Williams, budget, so... Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that you can drink this straight... <laughs> And also, you know, leverage it uh, as a, a mixing bourbon is is just super beneficial for the yeah. price. Uh, oh, for me, it it didn't taste like bourbon. Right. You know, you know what I mean. So when you drink when you drink it, it was so smooth. It didn't have it that. Didn't, it didn't have, it didn't that have bourbon. The, it wasn't as smoky. So, as, right. Yeah. So if you're looking for a smoky, or if you're looking for like something to kind of hit you when you're when you put it in your mouth spend more than nine dollars <sighs> spend more than that yeah definitely <laughs> but if, if you're someone who can't really force down or has to force down bourbon or whiskey and but you still kind of enjoy the flavor it's a pretty good man, get option, it yeah. I mean, it could be get, a good introductory bourbon it, it definitely so is it doesn't hit you like easy a, i mean it goes yeah, down very like i mean in all honesty this is the cleanest tasting bourbon that i've ever had or, or i just say whiskey because we've only had a couple bourbons 
but man, it's it's so weird how you can drink it and it doesn't taste like whiskey at all. Well, it has the. It has a flavor, but I do get what you mean. It's not as I mean. It, we also have a you know how like you get like a little bit ice, of a pinch whenever you yeah. swallow. You're like uh, yeah, a little, little yeah, throat, a little bit. Yeah. No, you don't feel anything like that. No, yeah. So so what's the uh, quick quick question? What's the uh, the alcohol? rating system? Oh, I would like to know the ABV. <laughs> that, that, yeah. uh, it's classic forty percent. Forty percent. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, we've been kind of going on and off about the rating. We. Went from a number-based system that was uh, zero to five. We went to a list. Was, we went to yeah. a list system that's been at right now. I would say Blanton's old barrel, single barrel, single barrel, original. That's yeah. our first, and then probably our second. Buffalo Trace from last week. Yeah, Buffalo Trace was very good. Um, I, I mean, I would rank this at least for now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's top eight, Consid- <laughs> yeah, well. considering we've had well. eight episodes. Um, yeah, yeah I, and it might. What I'm getting at, at least, it's is better than Bird Dog. Yeah, definitely better than Bird <laughs> Dog. Bird Dog is in a shout out. In my opinion, for being yeah. better than Wild Turkey as well. I know Steve, you liked Wild Turkey, and, and I brought and, it for and, you guys. Yeah, Matt, that <laughs> was actually a gift from you. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I'm I'm broke. It's I, <laughs> that's all I can afford. But uh, yeah, for now, I, I like I said, top six for me right now. But it has some staying power, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's probably top five for me. I really, Blanton's Gold Edition, despite the fact that it, it's the most expensive one that we've had so far on the show, I just did not like it. So, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, I think Benchmark cracks the top five, and mm-hmm. it's in the same conversation as Interesting. our Blanton's and Buffalo Traces, yeah. which is wild to think, but it's just... You know, bang for your buck. Yeah. That's got to go into the thought process. So, Matt, we'll let you come up with your own rating system. Do you think it's out of out well, of zero to uh, five? What would you? How would you rate it? And, and well, yeah, would you I'll recommend it? What I'll do is uh, two ways to rate it. So I'll do my own little hierarchy of whiskeys because I've only tried so many. But uh, as well as it. so rating, I'd have to give it. So if I'm going out of five, maybe a three point five. Maybe, which it, sure. and that is the only reason I'm giving it. I wouldn't give it higher, is just because if I'm if it's anywhere close to five, it's got to be damn near perfect. And so yeah, uh, and that's and that'd be it, tough to judge. Yeah, no, and be. so uh, so I I did really enjoy it. Um, honestly, uh, so my favorite whiskey or bourbon that I've ever tried is uh, Woodford Reserve. Um, love that. My my dad actually drinks it a lot, and anytime I'm home, he usually lets me drink my fair share <laughs> and so uh but i thought um, you're gonna say you're the reason why he drinks whenever you're home <laughs> probably <laughs> no you drank way before <laughs> no but uh so yeah um i would have to say uh this is i think it's tied for me with so maker's mark has always been my second favorite but it's i think it's tied with maker's mark specifically because of the uh the price for being so cheap and still being very drinkable, really uh, just like enjoyable to drink. So, yeah. well, there you have it. If you feel like being frugal and you feel like drinking a little bit on a Saturday night or any other night for that matter, we recommend picking up a little bottle of the Benchmark Old Number Eight. 
Something like that. Brand Benchmark. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Look it up. <laughs> All right, guys. So thanks so much for supporting the podcast and giving it a listen. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you can stay up to date on all of our content that includes weekly episodes on Wednesdays and Sundays for you folks in Raleigh. Check out the Raleigh Rambler. If you feel so inclined, please rate and leave us a review as it helps drive our exposure to the market. Don't forget to check out our website, myshotoflife.com, and give us a follow on social media. That's at myshotoflife on Twitter and Instagram. In addition to iTunes, please check out our SoundCloud and our Stitcher, where we will be posting our episodes each and every week. Feel free to reach out to us through our various outlets with comments and suggestions on future episode topics, as well as different drinks to maybe try and to rate. And remember, as mentioned previously, if you are in or around the Raleigh area, make sure to follow along to the Raleigh Rambler podcast, which drops each and every Sunday. The podcast and related show notes will be available on our website, myshotoflife.com, and we'll fill you in on all of the events going on in the Raleigh area for the upcoming week. Matthew, we appreciate you coming out, being on the show. Thank you for letting me join, guys. Thank you for the topic suggestion. Anytime. And guys, as we sign off, always remember, drinks are better with friends. Cheers. Cheers, I need more.